Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Welcome back to Occasionally Awesome. Episode 128, I think. I can never remember. I'm always like, I feel like I'm off by one. No, 128. That's right. Huh. Solid. Um, yeah, we'll get to 130, 131 before the end of the year. When the fuck did we start this thing? So hard to tell. Two thousand third end of two thousand thirteen, maybe. But then you know, two at a time. Yeah, we were doing two, two a week for the first yeah. however many months, just to catch up because we got we we're late on the podcast game. Um, but now we're at one thirty, so we're all caught up. Other podcasts, unless yeah. you started in two thousand like nine, <laughs> in which case you're at episode like a thousand. Yeah. Um. So. Let's get some business out of the way first, um, and then we'll do a quick description, and then we'll let you have it. Uh, this just came up. I'm going to be in Houston, Texas this week uh, with Steve Byrne at the Houston Improv. I was there way earlier this year, um, and now I get to go back before the before the year's over. So uh, tell me where to eat barbecue, obviously. I've eaten at a few places, so if you have any recommendations. I've already gotten a few. Uh, but keep those coming because every meal I eat when I'm in Texas is barbecue or barbecue related. I've only been to Katz's Deli in Houston. That's all I can remember. It, oh, that place is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, in it's Montrose. In, in Montrose, yeah, yeah. I went there last time. Um, it's open late. So yeah, the 10th through the 12th of this month. That's this week. It's in a few days. So if you can make it out to one of those shows, please do. And then the following week, San Francisco. So close. Um, the San Francisco Punchline, 16th through 19th. I'll be recording an album on the 18th and 19th. So please come to those shows if you can. That would be awesome. NickYousef.com slash gigs for tickets to ev- all these things. The week after that, Lake Tahoe at the Improv. And then I'll be back in L.A. for uh, New Year's. And that's it. Um, go see me the 28th and 29th with Dean Del Rey at the Punchline, San Francisco. Maybe I'll bring pins. I probably will. The ones you made? Yeah. I keep forgetting to give them away, so I have a lot. <laughs> to give, to <laughs> even give them at all? Yeah, I just keep forgetting uh, that I have them. Hey, how about this? Um, the next, like, because uh, you gave me a few. Yeah. So how about the next, like, I don't know, six or seven people that order pins from me word we'll get one the one that you made pins so if you order one of mine uh starting to when this comes out tuesday so when i receive orders on tuesday i'll know it's because of this you heard it on this intro um the first six Six. i get we'll get one of mine and then one of yours Nah. Which does anyone know what yours looks like? Did you post a it's photo? It's on my Instagram. Okay, so go to Kevin's Instagram and check out the pin he got made, which is super cool. Um, and order one of mine, and you'll get one of his for free. Cause Merry Christmas. I wonder if anyone's just going to coincidentally order at that time, and then they'll get two pins, and they'll feel guilty. I don't know. Maybe you'll get an email. Hey, like I don't want to like. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know if there's any way to, like, let me know that you... I don't know if you can, like, send a message. Add a comment. (laughs) Yeah, in your order. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. But if it is, add one. Be like, hey, I heard this on the podcast. 
uh, or fucking tweet at me and be like, hey, I just ordered. Um, but the first six that do. Yeah, use promo code fat booty. <laughs> there's no promo code. <laughs> no, but no. Save fat booty. There's definitely a promo code, and the promo code's fat booty. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now it's, it's going to pay even more to listen to these, to the intros, because <laughs> uh, you're going to get a free pin out of it. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that. Um, so you're going to take No, some... no. Promo code's dick party now. Dick party? You <laughs> changed it <laughs> in the next, in the last minute? <laughs> Someone's writing down fat booty. <laughs> Got to remember. Fuck, you just changed it to oh, what shit. is it? Shit. Yeah. Oh, was it fat booty or dick party? Yeah. Fat booty dick party. <laughs> you just, just just put in both to be safe. Um, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing. Yeah. Well, it's because you're all fucked up on dentist drugs right now. No, I just, my, gum, my upper lip and gums are numb. Oh. Yeah. All so right. many shots. So many shots. What did you have done? I, I've got a filling in between my two front teeth. Like in the, there was a cavity in the back. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. So many shots in the front of my gums. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Okay. So this episode, um, this is a, not a solo one, but a no guest one. Right. Uh, so we uh, we we wanted to do a travel one. We've kind of been toying with something like that for a yeah. while. So we picked a couple places we've been to that we thought were like, wow, that was kind of life changing or just amazing. I want to go back. And then a couple places we've never been and we want to go. Did we only do two a piece or three a piece? I think we did two a piece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're uh, well traveled, this will be for you and you can tell us uh, if you've been there or not to anything that we've done or want to go to. Um, and we just talk about seeing the world and shit and why and. Uh, I don't know. It's it's fun. Um, I like this one because there's so many places to go and see. Yeah, and you realize that it's they're not. It's not difficult. You just have to decide to do it. Yeah, it's just about deciding to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, we can just we can keep it short and sweet. The episode explains itself <laughs> pretty much. Um, Promo code is now fart machine. Fart machine to no, get. Uh, that's right. Dick party's better. Yeah, I think dick party's better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, order one of my pins and get Kevin's dick party pin. <laughs> They're gonna look, be like, this has nothing to do with a dick party. It's just like a guitar Cadillac combination. Yeah, it's like guitar pin. rocket shit. Um, yeah, it's a cool pin. <laughs> um, so yeah, order one and then. Uh, I will see you either in Houston or San Francisco or Lake Tahoe or your city, if it's not one of those, sometime in 2016. So thank you guys for listening and subscribing and etc. And if you haven't, subscribe. And if you have, tell a friend. Make them subscribe. Force them to subscribe. Give them a Hanukkah present. Or a Christmas present that is telling them to subscribe to this right. podcast. A really nice gift. <laughs> um, from us to you, to them. Okay. Uh, we'll see you next week. So travel is something um, we don't do a lot of internationally, you and I. Yeah, no, it's expensive and it scares yeah. me. I I, also, I think it's, the fear is more of a concern for, for me than the not that you're like loaded, but like yeah. you can take vacations. I can. I I have a hard time justifying vacations. Yeah, I, it always has to be 
wrapped around work for me. I just, I don't know why. Because all your travel has ever been around that. Yeah, yeah, and I have so much free time that it seems like really decadent to take a vacation to me. Right. Because at the, the one of the best things about acting as a job mm. is you you work very few days a year. Like technically right. like on actual work work. You have lots and lots of free time. So I've always been like, what do I need a vacation from? I, I, th- I have a lot of free time. I mean, the, uh, unless it's like the sole purpose is going to a place for a re- like I want to see this before I die type thing. Yeah, I think I mean, that's like m- for most people like traveling for vacation is because their schedules are the opposite of someone who's in yeah. entertainment who's self employed. They work their asses off yeah. forty hours a week for eight months yeah. and then they're like, I'm taking two weeks off. You the know? days you work a year are the days most people have off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say you work twenty three days. Uh-huh. You really think about it, like that's a lot of off time for someone with like a nine to five. Yeah. Cause you're guaranteed there Monday through Friday. Some places longer and then these days you work when you get home you work at night you're always you have your phone with emails you're like you never have like complete unplugged time from your job yeah emails all day and night you know early in the morning late at night saturdays like it must be i mean it must be like really taxing and rough i Um, think people that have traditional jobs really need vacations to me i think are probably really necessary yeah just to not let the stress like have a goddamn heart attack. Yeah, even if it's not far, even if it's not international, yeah. just like going somewhere to like escape yeah. and know that you can be like, I can turn my phone off for the next five days. I'm on vacation. Yeah. My work knows that. I'm just going to sit somewhere and read or sleep or like right. hike or whatever it is. It's not work. That's got to be like something that like reduces stress to such a degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But I think the other reason you travel is to like see and understand the world outside of the one you know, you know, outside of like, oh, I need to get away and like relax. Like for me, I want to travel because I, I want to see parts of the world that I don't fully understand. You know, I want to broaden my worldview. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there is like there's the world is huge yeah and it's full of so many different types of like people and cultures languages and foods and and all this stuff and you get used to the world that you live in you know and you think like i understand the way it works yeah but if you go to another part of the country that like say you go to the third world right there are people living ways of life that are so opposite than what you have going on that you sit there and you go like, oh, maybe I don't have everything figured out. Maybe it's not as easy as just go do that because yeah. sometimes you can't do something because there's no electricity or there's no Wi-Fi <laughs> or there's no food. Yeah. You know? There are different kinds of... Like, I think we get used to a, a particular kind of behavior. Right. In Because we live in this country, we live in this city, and we and you kind of... You just get used to it. You don't necessarily think like, oh, everyone behaves this way. But it takes going to a different place to be like, oh, there's just different uh, standards by which people judge what to care about. Right. I remember noticing that a guy explained to me when I when I was in Scandinavia that one time that like the reason they import most TV shows is because the they consider it a waste of money to produce TV in like Sweden or yeah. like Switzerland. They're like, 
TV's a thing, like, it'd be a waste of money to spend lots of money on making television yeah. shows because they think it's kind of stupid. So we just get TV from other places. Yeah. If, if you heard someone say that in America, like, American culture is, like, centered around the television. Yeah. You know, entertainment, Spend movies. A million bucks an episode on shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people don't even bat an eye. They're just like, yeah, well, it's a good show, so spend it. I mean, Game of Thrones is probably like three million bucks an episode. Yeah. There's like countries that don't, their their GDP isn't even that much. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then in America, you're just, but that's a good example of like, you go to certain countries where like the concept of like spending that much money on entertainment yeah. is insane because they'd be like, we would like that money so we could li- keep living. Yeah, but they'll spend that money on, like, a different kind of entertainment. Like, they have, like, an amazing symphony or, like, public art funds and things like that. You're still thinking of countries that have... That have money. Yeah, yeah. symphonies and art is, like... I'm talking about countries where, like, you have to, you know, ride a scooter or, like, a, you know, shitty motorcycle from the 70s 30 miles to use the internet. You mean the Myanmar symphony isn't a banger? (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Um... Like places like that are, yeah. you know, um, are what help you like kind of understand like how the world works as a whole and how like humans live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we don't li- especially in Los Angeles, like we don't we're not a part of the real world. No, not really. If you if especially if you if you've got into like numbers, like judging the whole and what people live on and how much and what they have in their lives. Uh. We live a weird like very specific life here yeah. that's not the norm. Yeah, in, in in no way. I mean like geographically, like the weather, yeah. the the people, the types of people, the types of things people do yeah, if, with if their lives. Yeah, if you had people that lived here list their necessities, Wi-Fi would be one of them. Yeah. And it that's not it would a be a major, yeah. yeah. Or like beauty care regimens would <laughs> yeah. would be really high on the list for people because yeah. like that's one of the elements to like survival out here. It's like you need to look good if you're pursuing a dream that involves you being on screen. So that that kind of thing is so high on people's list it becomes like a part of their daily life. They kind of allocate funds to like, you know, help that. Yeah. Like for the foreseeable future yeah. as where you go to like Anywhere in the Midwest or the South or, you know, lots of places in Europe and the Middle East and things like that. They're not thinking about how can I stay in, like, tip-top shape and I got to yeah. watch what I eat. They're like, oh, I need to, like, spend t- more time with, like, family and, like, you know, and further my culture and, like, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Which, like, out here people are like, oh, man, I got to visit my family for Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, you mean once a year you have to fucking care about other people, you asshole? It's very different. Yeah, the way people... Have you ever watched that documentary on happiness on Netflix? I think it's called like Happy uh-uh. or Happiness. It's pretty fascinating because it goes through all these different cultures in the world and how, uh, what, how, what people define as happiness, how they seek it out. And it goes through like, you know, parts of Europe where people like do very well, you know, and, and, um, and they have money. They have everything they could need, you know. Uh, and then parts of the world where they have nothing. They live in villages. They have, you know, light by fire and you know, all that kind of stuff. And the f- happiness they find in places like that is either at the same level or higher than yeah. people that live in, like, countries like America. I think comparison, I think the nature of unhappiness has, I find in, in my own life, is when you start comparing yourself to other people and what you have versus what other people have. Right. Whereas if you don't, the less you do that, the less I find myself bothered by like what I want, what I don't have is when I'm not like comparing it right. to what other people have. 
It's just like you don't actually need a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love stuff. Yeah, stuff is cool. I mean, I love <laughs> stuff, I think, more than most people love stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm stuff obsessed. Yeah. But I think if I, I could, I think it's a thing I could wean myself off of. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I like the older I get, and I still have many years left, you know, I'm I'm not old by any means, but the more I think I look towards like trying to spend time doing that other stuff, not buying and like bringing things into my life or my home or putting things on me. Right. Like the more I want to like let those things go and like just experience other parts of the world because if you're going to live on this planet, like you might as well see it. You might as well like walk down a street where you don't speak the language and go into like a restaurant full of people eating something you've never heard of or tasted or you've always thought was gross or weird. You walk into a place where they're eating like cow brains or like something right. like bizarre to you. You're like, yikes. But all these people are, that's like a delicacy somewhere. Yeah. And that's just like a delicious thing. You how How could you be right about something if you walk into a restaurant where people are like devouring this food item and also you think especially f- coming from a uh growing up in america mm-hmm. a country that has been there way longer oh yeah yeah hundreds of uh, years longer sure. hundreds and hundreds of years longer yeah like they've been doing it that way for an exceptionally long time yeah and we're like you're weird they're like are we weird yeah <laughs> you're different and i don't like it do you <laughs> mean first or right. weird um, yeah. So where do you want to start with somewhere you've been where you're like, holy shit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my stuff is art driven. I had a, I, when I started, was trying to think of things I've seen that were mind blowing, like nature stuff didn't really come to mind. And I've, I mean, like I went to Glacier Bay in Alaska. I, I, mem- I remember thinking it was really cool. But like as far as things that personally I was kind of dumbstruck by and, and found myself like overwhelmed by it, the the National Gallery in London uh-huh. was sort of mind-blowing because I'd never seen that large a concentration of incredibly famous art. Uh-huh. Like all the, If you open like one of those like history of art books or history of painting books, there's all these famous paintings, and they were just like there. Like It's one of those things where when I saw them in person, I w- you're always struck by, I can't believe this is like, just hanging on the wall, someone could destroy it really easily. Right. Like it's always weird when they're just kind of there and they're not like under a bulletproof sheet of glass or whatever. Right. Because you're just like, someone could fucking... Like a lot of these paintings aren't even under glass. So you're like, I could stab that painting. Yeah. And I'm, or uh, throw paint at it. Yeah, or like, just whatever yeah. you want. Like the And, and that museum is incredibly open. Like you, there's no... like They don't pat you down. Like And it's free. So you just kind of cruise in. Anyone can walk in. Yeah, you just kind of cruise in and you walk around and and you see like a painting everyone would recognize. Not people that like art. Everyone has seen in the world. You've seen it on a mouse pad, whatever. It's in every room you went into, you were just like, whoa. It was like if you were at like the Vanity Fair Oscar party and you saw almost every Every famous (laughs) person you've ever known as famous. You're like, that guy, that guy, that guy. You'd just be kind of overwhelmed. It was like that. But think, you know, I I care sort of about celebrities, but like I care way more about those paintings and that art. And that, that to me was like, I I was like, I wish I could stay here for like a week. Uh 
I, I could go to that place every day for a week and still like around every corner you were like oh, like how did you guys get this it was just they were an empire <laughs> like they were a, yeah, an just, empire at the perfect time <laughs> right they were like buying the best shit yeah but yeah that was fucking i couldn't i mean i wish i had more time London was really something. You could literally go there next year whenever you want. Yeah, I could. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if, you yeah. looked, if you looked at it like like how you said earlier, like, I love stuff and I love buying stuff. Mm-hmm. If you took, like, your figure out your stuff budget. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I spend X amount of dollars every six months on stuff. If you're like, I'm going to cut that in half or I'm just going to not buy all these things that I normally would buy every two months when they come out. And you took all that money and put it in like, you know, a, a travel fund. Right. I mean, before you know it, you'd be like, oh, I have plane tickets and a hotel money wonder, ready to go. I wonder how much a trip like that costs. If you buy plane tickets ahead of time for anywhere, they're cheaper. Yeah. And depending on the season, like don't go in like the middle of summer or some right. shit, you know. Um, and then... uh Hotels, you can always find like decent deals on. Like you could do it and not break the bank. What is it? You're talking like two thousand bucks or like three thousand bucks for to go to just, London. London's really expensive for everything. just you. No, I can't. Well, I mean, I can't go by myself. Right? No, I, I mean, I'm saying per. Well, I know you're you're probably not going to go by yourself, yeah. but I'm saying two thousand per person or total trip. I think per person, right? I don't know because I think you can get a round trip if you plan it out right for under a grand. Right. So that would be per person. Do you have miles? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Or I have uh, points, Amex points. So yeah, maybe. And it's funny because like if you buy all your stuff with Amex, like that can end up. The points yeah. could end up tr- going towards. You I know. was trying to figure out how much money I spend on stuff per month. I'd put it between a hundred and two hundred bucks. A month on stuff. That's not crazy. No. I ha- I don't buy as much stuff as I used to. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I-, I think you could have a good trip to London for like a few days, stay at like a decent place and all that stuff. But I mean, the more work you put into it, you could find like good, cool places. Airbnb nowadays is like dropping the cost of like right. where you're staying. You That's know? true. I mean, you could probably do it for four grand. For two people? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. You know, maybe less if you really like sat there and like figured out, I want to do this on a budget. It's also the price of a really reasonable Rolex. See, there you go. That's the problem. But I mean, you have real, I mean, you've had those watches. It's like, they made me happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that place was like, yeah, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. That's I was, cool. it was a tie between that and this museum in Amsterdam, but I couldn't remember the name of the museum. It's a name that's hard to, pronounced yeah because it's, it's probably name. all consonants it's, it's there's like four it starts with four consonants yeah and then it has like two o's with those little Reich, dots above them reiki reikstick yeah it's like that there's <laughs> definitely dots on some shit in the name oh yeah there's i mean there's words in those people are lousy with dots on things i know it's rude <laughs> <laughs> with their three languages yeah how fucking dare you guys <laughs> um so a place i've gone that at the time, was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to be here. But now I look back, and I think it's helped shape the way I see the world, is when I went to Lebanon. Oh. I had to. Right. I was forced. Right. I was, uh, it was the summer of seventh grade, 
after mm-hmm. seventh grade. And I was like, but I just made all these friends in middle school. I want to hang out here <laughs> with all my new cool friends in America. Um, and, you know, I've spent my whole fucking life here. Yeah. And and then we're like, no, we're going back. It was the only vacation we ever took as a family. Like, right. we could barely afford to do it anyway. And, like, we we all went, but my dad had to go, like, a few weeks after or a month because he had to stay here and work. Right. Like, he couldn't, you know, he had to, like, figure it out. And then he went later and finished the trip with us, I think. But it was like, yeah. So... We had to go, and my mom's side of the family lives there, like some of them, like her her parents and then her, at the time, great-grandfather and sister. So we had to go visit them. She literally went 14 years or something without ever seeing them. Yeah. So it was an, it's, that's kinda, that kind of thing is crazy. And you hear that a lot from people that move to America oh, from yeah. other countries. Like, I haven't seen my sister in 20 years. Yeah, you get out of like a bad environment. You go to a better place. And part of that is accepting that it might be a long time before you see. Imagine. Or never. Yeah. Imagine not seeing your mom yeah. or your brother for 15 years. Yeah. Or twenty, it's I, it's crazy to me. So that kind of thing, the fact that they're able to like do that and be like, we, it's, we that's just what you got to do in life, is yeah. like fucking nuts to me. Yeah, you know, like they talk on the phone as much as they could, but back then, like calling long distance was like you, you can just pick up the phone and do that. It was expensive. It's also difficult. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was it costs money, and they were like, oh, we can't afford to talk to our parents. Yeah, so you'd have to do it like once a month or every month and a half or two. Yeah. It's is nuts, but like when you're a little kid, you don't really understand how weird that is because you're just like, well, I see my parents all the time, and like my brother, and like I see my friends. I live in America, and everything like works out great here. Yeah. So you don't even really understand like wow. But then, so we went back there, and then it was obviously like this tearful, tearful, heartfelt. Oh, I miss you. I haven't seen you in so long. And you're just like, and you kind of like wow, but you don't really register it. You don't understand it. And a part of you is just like, I don't want to be here, you yeah. know? <laughs> and you're walking around, like, downtown Beirut, and it's like, the city is old. Yeah. Like, it's been there forever. And partially exploded. There's always... Like- oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in the mid-90s, like, it had been, pro- I don't know, probably a good maybe decade or something since, like, the uh, the war war, the you know, one, yeah. ended. And this is before, like, all the modern-day, like, bombings and terrorist yeah. organizations started in Syria and all that all that modern political stuff started happening there but um yeah you'd walk by buildings that were like there's a fucking bullet hole in that and there's more than one yeah you know and it people don't even bat an eye it's just like the life they live there was like a hole in one of the freeways that you just had to like go around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's fucking nuts so we're driving like once to up into the mountains, right, where there's, like, you know, some nice restaurants or whatever. And one of my main memories of there, besides, like, the downtown area and, like, realizing how small those streets are and, like, it's just one car per street. There were, like, literally what you would consider an alley Yeah, here is a, a street in downtown. I, I mean, like, a bunch of the streets are like, like that. James Bond movie Chase streets. Yeah. yeah. And when, like, every street kind of has, like, a little bodega and, like, people, like will yell down what they want and like drop a bucket on a rope and then like they'll put the food in there and they'll lift it back up and then lower it back with money. Oh, dope. Yeah, it was like a weird, which you're like, that kind of makes sense. I would yeah, do that. Great. Um, so we were driving up to this restaurant and part of the town we had to 
go through was I don't even know what it was called or where it was geographically, but it looked like the war ended four hours before we got there. <laughs> yeah. It was nuts, dude. Yeah. Like bombed out buildings that looked like Swiss cheese. It was fucking crazy. Like people living in them. My parents would be like, oh yeah, there's people living there. And back then when I was a kid, they you know, they'd shelter you from like that kind of knowledge of the world, you know? But they, I would be like, why are they living there? And it's like, this is the area where all the Muslims live. Like not all the Muslims, but this area you'll only find Muslims living here. And I was like, okay, well, why? And they go, well, you know, there was a war and it was mostly like a religious Christian Muslim thing and a lot of people didn't like the outcome and they chose to stay here. And you're just like, part of it doesn't make sense. You're like, why would they choose to live here? You know, there were there were a lot of political things that a 12-year-old wasn't going to understand. So your parents just say, they, you know, yeah. some people just chose this life or whatever. And there's obviously way more that went into that. But, you know, and it's, we were raised, we were a Christian household. So, right. like, they obviously had issues, you know, anyway yeah. um, with them and what went on. But, like, you see all these little kids running up to the window trying to sell you, like, gum or whatever. I mean, like, five or six kids ranging from, like, six to, like, 11 that, you know, their clothes are kind of dirty. Like, they don't look like they're well-fed. Trying to put their hands in the window selling you stuff. And, like... My dad had to like roll the window up and like the, one of the kids just wouldn't get his arm out. And he was like, move your arm. And he just kept yelling, gum, buy gum, buy gum. Yeah. And he like raised it to where it almost was going to close on it. And then the kid like pulled his hand out. You're just like, this is a life that people, the same human beings, the same people that of the country I'm from yeah. live every day of their lives. And like, and I... I'm lucky enough to like have been able to move and like come to America and live this life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And be able to like, Oh, I'm going to pursue the arts for a living. Like what? Yeah. Like there are people that are like, I would like to know I have three meals a day every day forever and not die in a fucking car bombing, you know? So I didn't realize that then, you know, I I spent a couple months there and it was like kind of cool. You saw some cool stuff. The restaurant we went to and we drove to that part of town was like, fucking carved into a mountain it was beautiful like they cooled the watermelons like in the river that was like a freshwater river that was like flowing down the mountain where you know the ice would melt and it would turn into drinkable so that's where they would chill watermelons and that's where they would serve your drinking water they'd go over there with a jug (laughs) and fill it up and put it on your table and you would drink it and you're just like where else would you find that yeah like i mean it's you know available in parts of america obviously we've got a lot of nature here but Nowhere in L.A. are you getting that. Travel is lost on young people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remind, Dana Carvey has a bit where he goes, don't ever take your teenager to Rome. Mm. It's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. He's like, we were we went and saw the Parthenon, and my kid, who was 13, goes, is this all we're going to do today? He was like, motherfucker, yeah. it's the Parthenon. I, I half agree with that because at the time, you don't care. Yeah. You're like, this is boring, this is dumb, and you're not absorbing as much as, you know, your father, say, is when he's looking at all this stuff. But every year that went by after that, I appreciated having been forced to go there. Yeah. And visit family and see parts of the world that I otherwise never would have known. And parts of the world that, like, I'm from. You know what I mean? Like, it it shaped my worldview in a way and not even immediately, not even four or five years after, you know, it took me like probably into my twenties when I 
became an adult and started meeting more people from other parts of the world and started traveling a little bit like in America and really started like learning about the the world and like, you know, reading the news and understanding politics and cultures and all that stuff. And when I would read about certain parts of the world, sometimes and not even intentionally, your mind would just flash back to like, oh, I've been to a place like that. Right. I've been to places where the power just goes out or you don't have water for two hours or the rest of the day. Yeah. And then your relatives go like, that's just what happens sometimes. So, you know, you want to try and get try and get your shower in early before the water goes out. Yeah. And you're like, you live in downtown Beirut, like yeah. a bustling metropolis. And it's not like the third world, but it's like not the first. It's somewhere in between. But your water just goes out and you just don't know if it's coming back on that day? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. So now as the years went on, I was just like, that is one of the most important trips I've ever taken because I don't look at the world as like, when people go, oh, first world problems, I have them like anyone because I've lived here my whole life. And, you know, when there isn't fucking Wi-Fi or when you can't find a Starbucks or wherever you get annoyed because you're used to this life but yeah. like you pump the brakes every once in a while and you go like all right it could be worse I could have never come here yeah I could have stayed there and fucking who knows what my life could have been like gum salesman yeah every time I think oh entertainment's hard comedy's difficult I go well what did my fucking dad have to do to get here yeah what what kind of you know survival did he and like my uncle and my mom and all these people have to do how they had to figure out how to live in another country and work with people who spoke a language they didn't and, and then sort of were skeptical of them as people too Oh, for sure with kids by the way not yeah. even they just moved here young and carefree and like we can save money and go spend it they had children to feed and then other family members to learn and figure out how to support yeah it's i mean so anytime I go like, oh, life's hard or life sucks, I go, well, it could be how my family was raised or it could be their journey here to figure out how to live in America. And then I go, shut the fuck up and sit down and get a pen out and make this bit work. You know what I mean? Do it. Like, yeah. don't waste time. Don't be lazy. You get one life and you have a good one now. Make sure it stays that way. My next one is... Could not be more different than Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally, I think, if you were, if there was a chart, did you spill on your phone? Yeah, like directly on it. That's all as right. As long as you don't get it in the charger hole, they it, told me it's fine. It didn't. Um, uh, you want some rice to put it in? No, it's all right. It got like literally in the middle of the screen, and I saw oh. it right as it happened. Oh, dude, I've dumped. There's yeah. so much peanut butter on my phone and That's coffee. Hilarious. So if there was like a just a like you know a chart of things that were the opposite of war torn Lebanon, right? I feel like close to the other side at the edge is Hawaii, Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! A a not a bullet hole has ever entered any of the fake plaster buildings that is yeah. that that occupy main street that is so funny i know it sounds dumb but i've never gotten over disneyland yeah do you still have a annual pass no i don't i can't go enough i just can't yeah, yeah i haven't had one in a couple of years also they keep raising admission prices and then obviously annual pass yeah. prices 
And it's like you could buy a used car instead of get a fucking annual pass. Now. The cheapest annual pass you have to go to the park. I think it's now like four times for it to really work for, out for premium or for the no. SoCal. Well, the premium one's a thousand dollars. Yeah, premium hasn't been worth it in like three or four years. Yeah. It used to be like yeah. not crazy, like six hundred. Yeah, which you're like fuck you. That's a lot of money. But if you're going to Disneyland seven or eight times a year, you're saving money by doing that. Yeah, and then yeah. the discounts you get. I on think all the, the stuff. cheapest one now is three hundred. For, yeah, for SoCal or whatever the SoCal special ones are, like that's worth it because you don't go as much. And yeah. then I think you probably still get some discount, maybe ten percent off some shit off everything. And then the blackout dates, it's like I'm it's, not going in July anyway. It's all summer, yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah. yeah, you're not doing it. But yeah, I just don't. I can't go as often. Um, but yeah, that I I was thinking there's something about Disneyland that I. That is very calming, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I, it's hard for me to put my finger on why I find it so mentally soothing, but I think maybe it has to do with the fact that visually you're surrounded the entire time by ba- relatively interesting things to look at that have right. been. And since in my head everything I'm looking at was like drawn and designed by someone and not in the normal way buildings are drawn and designed where it's only for utility like this is going to be a building where businesses are yeah it's like everything at disneyland and theme parks in general is drawn with the with the notion that people are they want people to like look at it and like it and be and want to buy shit because they're looking at it and liking it it's all part of like a like conceptual situation like more of like a not like art necessarily, but it's like, let's make this look cool and it'll be part of the experience. Like it's a little more, not, it's just more driven towards aesthetics than just like looking at normal buildings. And so I can be, I can go to Disneyland and not go on rides yeah. and find it incredibly satisfying. I've done that. I went once where I think I only went, because it was a busy day. Yeah. I went on Space Mountain once because I, I got the fast right when you get into the park you go to get the fast pass for Space Mountain then you do other shit so right. I did that and then all the other lines were long then I, we went on Space Mountain and then after that we were like these lines are like way too long and it's like I think I'm gonna get annoyed waiting in them so right. I'm like we just walked around ate yeah. lunch yeah. hung out talked felt like kids yeah. went home and we had no problem with it yeah and I, and it's it's weird because I get sort of uh I, I hate saying like oh, i don't like crowds but like i don't love being surrounded by lots and lots of people yeah but at disneyland it doesn't bother me and i don't it bothers me every other place but uh for some reason maybe it's because of how it's organized and everyone's kind of there for the same exact reason mm-hmm. to have a disneyland experience right. where you get in line and go on rides and eat stuff and look at things and it's there's like five things that you just do repetitively there and for some reason, it calms the hell out of me to where I, I just like, I, maybe that's why I don't even go on vacations where there's too many variables to going other places where it's like, I know exactly what I'm going to get Yeah, at Disneyland and I still like it. God, I haven't been in so long. It's just calming. It is nice there. And, and I just like looking at everything I see. There's not I I walk everywhere I go I I walk around and look everything I look at I'm like oh look yeah. at that oh look at like like everything's designed everything has like a motif everything's drawn every right. and it was all like that's maybe that's what, everything was drawn 
I could look at those books of just like the the schematics of the park all day. It's so funny. Like I agree with uh, with how great Disneyland is and all that, but it's just so funny that that was one of the top two places you've ever been to. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like I tried to think. I mean, I whenever I do we do a list like this, it's like what are the first things that come to your mind? Right. Like I can sit and be like, well, what do you want people to think? The mind blowing. It's like the truth is, if you look at the numbers, yeah. I consistently want to go to Disneyland as often as I can. Yeah. No, I mean, I. I mean, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with yeah. it, but it's just funny that it's just it's something about the fact that everything in there is like drawing based that I find so satisfying. All the type, all yeah. the, the fucking trash cans are cool looking. The you know every there's all these miniatures. <laughs> everything about it right. is stuff I like looking at, and so I just it's it's I'm not gonna pretend to be more cultured than I am. Right. Fucking Disneyland is my shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's funny. Yeah, and I will. Uh, and I will. I'll hang my hat on Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> tell me all you'll the negative your, shit you you'll want. Hang your mouse ears. Yeah. Tell Disney. me all the negative <laughs> shit you want about Walt Disney. I don't care. Yeah, that's when people do that. That guy was a Nazi sympathizer. He was like, it's like I mean, you know, all right, fine. I don't know the details, and I didn't choose to like Disneyland because I was like. That theme park's all right. Wait a minute. He was a Nazi sympathizer? I'm getting a season pass. Like, who's doing that? Yeah. Like, you liked it for all the other reasons. And you're like, you know what? Dig into anyone's life and you're going to find shit. Yeah. The guys who founded Adidas and Puma, both Nazis. Right. VW, Nazis. Yeah. Porsche had some ties. Yeah. If you've ever enjoyed driving down the Autobahn, that was built by a Nazi. You ever bought a Hugo Boss shirt? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, ever enjoyed a Charlie Chaplin film? I think he was an American Nazi Party sympathizer. What? Or I supporter? Anti? I thought he was anti. No, not Chaplin. Then who am I thinking of? Walt um, <laughs> he was maybe vocal against whoever I'm Walt thinking. Walt Disney of was, was heavily anti-union. Um, fuck! It was someone in that era. Obviously, it wasn't Chaplin. Um, oh. I can't remember. Uh, oh, what's his name? Henry Ford. Do you oh, enjoy the Ford God. Motor Company? Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. that newsletter he put out? Right. He wrote an article called The Problem with the International Jew. <laughs> right. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. And he made every dealership carry it in. Yeah. He bought a paper. He bought his own paper mm-hmm. so that he could write his own articles about how the problems he had with Jewish yeah. people. So if you're was, if you're judging Walt Disney while driving a Ford Focus, yeah. then you're a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Ford was rough. Um, but other than that, visionary, uh, Henry Ford. Visionary. Yeah, assembly line. Um, and uh, and his line about the Model T. It's available in every color, as long as that color is black. Funny. Yeah. Um, so I guess my second place that I don't know if it's mind-blowing, or but I find important and has made me realize my like not realize but like re it's reestablished my love for nature is going to the desert Uh, you love the desert dude it's the best like going to uh palm springs or joshua tree or mojave or anything like that like i've always liked the outdoors and all that stuff but and i used to always like the beach and like the forest and the wilderness and stuff but like there's something about the desert now as an adult that i just feel so at home with like so calm and centered 
and relaxed and I'm like I think more clearly it might be just because the fucking intense heat just makes you like it just removes every other thought and you're, all you're really focused on is just like it's so fucking hot <laughs> but it feels good you just feel like you're on the earth you know what I mean you're like I'm on this planet right now I'm not in a fucking car or in a place with air conditioning right on a computer or whatever you're like I'm I'm on planet earth and it's hot and it feels good and you're looking around and all you hear is the quiet. The quiet is something. And that's, the, that's something a lot of people are afraid of. Like people go like, yeah, I can't be somewhere where it's too, you know, where I'm just alone with my thoughts or whatever. It's right. too quiet. But I'm like, that is the world you live in, man. And you're all you have when everything else goes away is yourself and your own thoughts and your own mind. It's like you might as well be one with that or learn how to be, you know? So when I go out there, that's what it's like. Like, I don't sit there and go, oh, I can't wait to like go out to the desert so I can catch up on all my Netflix programming. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to drive around. I'm going to go sit at some quiet little diner and just like watch the locals or read a book or like just stare out at the desert and just think and let whatever thoughts come to mind come process them at night look up at you know how many stars you can see out in the desert yeah it looks like all of them compared to how many you can see in la which is on average three to seven yeah seven if it's good and what's cool about being out there is because it's not too far of a drive for us living in la it's like 90 minutes and all of a sudden you're in a different world so you forget about looking up because you're not like you know, it's not like you went to Yosemite or like or or uh, or somewhere like Yellowstone or whatever, where that's a part of the thing where it's like, oh yeah, we're in a whole different part of the world. Like, look yeah. at the sky. You're 90 minutes away, so you don't think about it. But you're sitting there at night, and then like you kind of like lean back or like lay back in a chair, and you look up, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's just something about that sight just fills you with like all this awe because you're like, there is so much of this universe out there and you just get lost in staring at all these stars it just feels so good it's a great way to like recharge do you primarily only go towards like the palm springs desert area i go i mean i usually stay somewhere out there palm springs or desert hot springs Uh there's also palm desert and indio and all the coachella valley and all that stuff and and uh but then there's also all this stuff in like Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree, 29 Palms, um, that highway that goes up north above right. uh, all the desert cities. Um, that's where you get into like Joshua Tree and all that stuff. And there's like places to stay out there. And, and it's a whole different kind of part of the desert, you know. Um, but it's just, it's just so nice and like simple and quiet out there. Yeah, I used to go to the desert a lot when we were kids because we would ride motorcycles. Right. So it was all I I do remember. Yeah, looking up at the sky. It's interesting how entertaining that is. Yeah. When it's there's not you know you could you it's not because we never see it. Yeah, we see we see a black sky and then on the edges it's a little whitish blue you know from all the city lights. Yeah, and then you see like seven or eight stars. Yeah, once a year you get a clear enough sky to see stars here. But yeah, when you can go somewhere, I remember driving through Arizona years ago and we stopped for gas or something and I just like was standing there and I was like, oh, it feels really nice out. And then I looked up and I was like, oh my God. I wonder I, how you would react if you went to like, you know, one of those places like Montana. Right. Yeah. Where like that's, you know, or like top three places I want to go. Montana is one of them. Really? Yeah. 
Huh, okay. Not like before I die, but just places like I really, really want to go spend a week in. Apparently, know? it is shocking. <laughs> the nature, like it's, it's sh- like you're kind of not ready. <laughs> We're not ready for it growing yeah. up here because it's all of it. It's like yeah. the clear, spacious sky. There's mountains and lakes and field. Like I mean, it has everything. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, and I need to see it. Um, but yeah, that's one of like. Uh, not a place I've traveled to where I was like, like my first one or anything, but it's one that like, I feel like that, that animal human part of me, that part that needs to be with the earth where you're like, I'm going to live here one day probably. Yeah. Or I just need to go here because like whatever physical animalistic energies inside of me need to be, you know, satiated, they get it there, you know, until I can go to places like Montana whenever I want or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's that that nature part of me. Like, I get my fix there. And over the years, it's made me really, really want to go to places like Yellowstone and Yosemite and like you know the Appalachian Mountains and 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 the mountains in Colorado, like all all that all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and like Alaska, Hawaii, places like that, where you see a type of nature that you've only ever seen in pictures or on National Geographic. Yeah, I wish I could remember more about Alaska. I don't remember anything. Um, the place I would like to go, I want to uh, see the Grand Canyon. Me too. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's like, and it's, I don't know how far away it is. I mean, it's like, geographically for us, it's pretty much right down the street. <laughs> yeah, I don't You know what I mean? It's, it's like a day trip. Like a, a, No, I think it's farther than that. If you get up at 6 a.m., you get there in the afternoon. If you leave at like Are 6 a.m. Are you sure? I don't, I'll look it up right now. I think it's like a day and a half drive. No way. Really? Yeah. It's like eight hours, I think. No way. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Google Earth, the Grand Canyon. Seven hours. Whoa. Yeah. That's like basically driving to San Francisco. Yeah. You get up at 6 a.m., you're there in the afternoon, and you have that whole day, and then you could get up early, spend the next morning up till noon, and then you drive back, you're home by dinner. Yeah. I want to see the Grand Canyon. I want to stand in front of it. Mm -hmm. Also, it's changing. Both they're 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 gonna start allowing shitheads to put businesses around it. What? Oh yeah, I gotta go now. Though. Yeah, there's a mall. There's like a mall project coming. Mm-hmm. Also, just uh, like erosion wise, it's not the it. Okay, we'll be dead before this. But the Grand Canyon kind of isn't gonna be there in the same way. Same thing with Mount Rushmore. Eventually. It's gonna just fall apart, right? So, like, you kind of should see it as soon as possible. So that also, I want that for that reason. I want to see, it. but that looks incredible to me. Yeah, even just like in the pictures I've seen, or like on some fucking HD show. Yeah, you're like, dude, that is a big asshole. Everyone I've ever talked to that's gone to it, either they've always wanted to, or they're people that aren't really huge on nature. They go like, it's pretty impressive yeah like it's you can't even you're almost speechless for a second because you're like god i told i was told it was big but this is this (laughs) is insane and then knowing how it got there just through erosion erosion you're just like what wait what (laughs) you can't wrap your mind around something like that and by erosion we mean jesus's shovel yeah 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 so yeah that was on weekends when he got in trouble he had to dig because God was like, look, these humans are going to need some shit to remind the years them that they're after this big. His, ap, the years after Christmas, between those years between that and when he came back and did stuff, yeah. digging the Grand Canyon. 
Yeah. Um, he also got in trouble for having uh, his followers help him because he was like, this is a single-handed chore. This canyon's too big now. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard it's one, of, it's one of those things that doesn't disappoint where it's way bigger. Yeah. You can't, like, when you're staring at it, you can't see it all in one. You have to, like, turn your head around. <laughs> it's, it's very, very huge. I'd even be down to do the weird thing where you, like, ride a donkey to the bottom and go back up. Or like, or, you know, you I would take, totally do that. Yeah. If you're there, you might as well. Yeah. So, uh, in my head, when I get a new car, <laughs> I'm gonna want it to go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I want to. I really want to do that. Yeah. And I feel like a fucking asshole for. It's one of those things where you're always like, I'm gonna do that, and then you forget for a year. I'm gonna do that, yeah. and then you forget for a year. I think I go there, and you know what I come back with? Turquoise jewelry. Let's be realistic. Oh, that's right. You wanted to get into that. Yeah. If but. I don't, if I go to the Grand Canyon, don't come back with an eagle ring. I've either I fucked up or forgot an my wallet. Eagle ring. Yeah. That yeah. would be cool. I found some cool rings on the on Instagram. Real? Oh, you got to let me know where they are. There's an Instagram called Roadhouse Rings. That's a good name. Yeah, and they they make rings. Roadhouse. They're cheap. They're fucking I, cheap. I keep fucking with the idea of like I can wear two on like the the third ring, the wedding yeah. ring finger, and then pinky, mm-hmm. like one on each. Yeah, I feel like I could pull that off. You definitely could. You know what I think I may start. I'd have with? my haters, <laughs> <laughs> my ring haters. You know where I think I'm going to start instead of rings? Belt buckle. Oh, like a big chunky. Not even big, like just a medium size uh, turquoisey belt buckle. Then you'd have to start tucking in shirts though. No, I, 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 I kind of like it as like a secret. A secret. <laughs> also, the girl won't see it because she is very anti this turquoise situation. I Really? Into. Yeah, she's not down. I think a turquoise like ring or something isn't isn't bad. If you wear it with another one that's not like as a... As well, that P, you, I think people picture them as huge yeah. when they're not. Like I, I don't want a huge ring. Right. I mean, I do. But like, <laughs> when I looked uh, when I was looking at the Roadhouse Rings uh, site... Um, they have ones that are, you know, they're they're small. They're like the size of a chiclet. You know, the, the face of them is the size of a chiclet. And they have, like, lots of different symbols. It's not all, like, eagles and stuff. Like, you know, it'll be, like, something circular that's, like, the symbol of a desert flower that's right. cool looking and stuff. Yeah, that stuff's really cool. You know where they have a good, like, uh, collection of those is Raggedy Threads. Oh, really? Yeah, she's all she's into that kind of jewelry. Yeah. She wears a ton of it, too, but she yeah. has always has, like, a good selection of, like, cool... That stuff looks cool really good on girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. can wear one on every goddamn finger. Yeah. Thumb included. And you're yep. like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't even look like jewelry, really. It makes them seem more down-to-earth. When they're when they're wearing that stuff, it does take a while though. If you're like gonna hook up with a girl that wears a lot of jewelry, you got to be like, "All right, I'm gonna like go have a cigarette while you take all this stuff <laughs> off." <laughs> you gotta, it takes a little. The spontaneity is a little lost. Yeah, like, you, and you hear the noise like clink, yeah. clink, 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 yeah, clink, clink, <laughs> clink, clink, clink. Yeah, so Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely on my list too. Wear a bolo tie. <laughs> a bo- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be so. F- you come back like. Full on Native also, American. I feel like the T-shirt buying at the Grand Canyon would be could you know, be epic or horrible. Yeah, there's no in between. These, you know, what bothers me about places like that? They're they don't realize that the original stuff they got they used to make that was considered corny is now perfect. Yeah, it's the same. It's the problem I have with uh, Mickey Mouse T-shirts at Disneyland where they're pre-weathered. It's like, yeah. no man, just leave it. Make the same shirt for 40 years. That w- I went to the, uh, what's it called? The Madonna Inn. Uh-huh. 
And I was really disappointed with their t-shirts. The Madonna Inn? Where's that? It's on the way. Uh, it's up. It's like on the way to Santa Barbara. It's the place with like all the weird themed rooms. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it like you'd think they'd have like this perfect kind of hokey shirt and they didn't. Uh. Yeah. Back Grand Canyon, dude. Giant, big giant hole. I, uh, it's America's butthole. It's America's butthole. <laughs> um, I can't find the fucking website I had because it's on my phone. Okay. So one of the places I want to go, and I've always had this sort of thing in mind where I was like, I want to go to somewhere like Fiji because I've never been anywhere tropical. Uh-huh. And up until like a few weeks ago when I went to Cabo San Lucas, which was so fucking cool. Right. Um, but I've always wanted to go somewhere like Fiji because in my head I'm like, that's so remote. and so. But that is a vacation place for people. Right. So I found this place called Tristan da Cunha. What? Yeah. It is considered the most remote location <laughs> on earth. <laughs> It's in the South Atlantic. It, it, this little blurb on here, and regarded as the most remote inhabited archipel- archipelago. Sorry, okay. with only one island in the archipelago actually being inhabited, and with a population of around two hundred and seventy people. There are a couple other islands that have less people, but I think they're not as remote. Um, <laughs> Tristan da Cunha is a fascinating place. Fascinating as to why people would choose to live in such isolation, where cold can even cripple the society, where even a cold can cripple the society. Right. To exist on the island is to farm, with every family on the island being a family of farmers. There's not much else to be or even do on the island otherwise, for which each family owns their own livestock, with the land being communally owned, with no outsiders are allowed to buy. Therefore, no outsiders are allowed to settle there. Not that many people want to. Aside from farming, the only other forms of profit mainly consist of the delicious lobster factory, as well as seeing their own postage stamps and coins to collect or selling their own. Sorry. Okay. Um, one could say the island was boring and uneducated with TV not even arriving until 2001. Wow. Yeah. And the residents leaving school at 15, which exam results typically being poor. Another fact <laughs> is that the entire community are there only eight surnames and 80 families. Most likely leading to a horrific dating scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to go to a somewhere that remote where it is inhabited so you can live with humans, but live with them in a way that is how we used to all live. Way before all you know, the TV and the radio and all that stuff to just like exist on this world and live off the land and like really understand what it's like to like be alone on this planet or be in a community and live as like a community. Like what is that world like? I wonder if it's the kind of thing where living in a place like that, it really is a day to day existence where you're like, what needs to be done today to continue surviving? Yeah. Like not like, Oh my God, we're going to die. But like our task today are as such. Yeah. We need this amount of food that we are going to eat later. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost in, just, just incredibly yeah. simplified. You got to tend to the farmland. You got to like deal with you know the yeah, livestock. Your, your long term goals are like just based in and around farming, right? So it's not a year away. It's like a month away yeah. or a week away. You know. But yeah, I think it would be interesting, and that's another like one of the things I learned from like spending a lot of time in the desert is like. Imagine going somewhere where you couldn't just go back to your hotel room or your friend's place that you know who lives there yeah. where you're crashing and 
you know, and they have Wi-Fi and a TV and you brought your computer. Like if you go to a place like that, you're not bringing a computer or a cell phone or anything like that because it's not going to fucking work. Yeah. You just got to live there and understand what it's like to survive off the land. I mean, they all, you know, people have homes and all that stuff. You're not living in like a fucking hut or like outside, but like living the way they used to, even up until like the, you know, 1880s or 90s, like you didn't have radios and TVs and record players and all these forms of entertainment. You were just like, we're having dinner together or we're going to the saloon and we're going to talk to each other. That was entertainment or live theater shows of whatever kind. But you couldn't just sit at home and like zonk out on hours of what's really, if you think about it, distraction, not always entertainment. Like you don't need that much entertainment in your life. You don't need like seven hours of Netflix binging and then like 50 articles on the internet and then a bunch of Instagram photos and then reading Twitter. You don't need that much. Right. Like you need a little bit, but what you need, what a lot of people are probably missing is that kind of time in real life, you know? That's an interesting distinction that I don't hear many people make, the difference between entertainment and distraction. Yeah. I would say the things, the time I spend looking at stuff, act, the, the amount of it I find actually entertaining is probably 10%. Yeah. And then Most you, of it is literally just distraction. You sit there asking yourself, like, what am I doing where right I now. even remember like I and I've been uh, I careful and 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 trying to turn these habits like around and we were talking about this with Sarah on on the last episode like when I just turned all my notifications off on my phone yeah and started just spending less time like on I- Instagram and Twitter and like actually tweeting and reading all these things the last few times I've noticed where I go I'll be like writing or like reading something and then like I'll I'll check my phone. I'll be like, oh, I haven't looked at my texts or emails in an hour or two hours. And then I'll, like, I'll jump on Twitter just because it's part of the habit. And like, I'll look at the time when I start. I'll go, okay, it's 10.02 p.m. And then I'll get on Twitter and Instagram and, and Snapchat or whatever. And then what feels like three minutes, I, I look up at the time again, and it's like 10.36. Yeah. And I'm like, a half hour yeah. has already gone by and then you think well how many times a day am i doing that going like oh i'm just going to do a quick lap around my social media circle yeah so that's like a half hour what four or five times a day that's a few hours a day yeah add that up to a week a month a year how much time are you just sitting there looking at things you don't need to be looking at or nearly as much i wonder if i'll look back on this time period and be like oh that's the lost decade (laughs) right Yeah. (laughs) where it took me Took me a while to get my shit together right. to realize what I was doing, but like, like you know, twenty eight to thirty eight was like a lost decade. Yeah, of just I don't know what. And people like to tell themselves like, well, there's all this information out there. I'm learning more, and you're like, you technically are because you can go like, oh, where's Fiji? You can look that up and know. Learning, I think, is generous. You're seeing more. Yeah, you're taking in stuff, but it's like you're not doing it in the way you sh- you should actually be learning. You're yeah. just like. You're taking in all this like info rapidly, not really absorbing it and getting bored very fast and then going, oh, here's another thing I can read about. And yeah. like your retention value is not the same. Yeah, your retention is almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so going to a place like that is like, I think it's more because I wouldn't have wanted to do this, I think, 10 years ago at all. I was like, why would I want to go to a place like that? But it's more of like a reaction to modern society, you know, like, 
I live in this place now where I'm tethered to these devices yeah. and this like fear of missing out syndrome and all, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it just becomes more important to go do the opposite and then remember like when I was a kid, we had we didn't have 80% of what we have now, you know. There yeah. were TVs, there were radios, there were CDs, there were this and that, but it, it life still was simpler. My parents' life even simpler than that. Their great-grandparents had none of the shit that we have. They somehow found a way to get by. They, I mean, look at the, the, the writings that people have oh, yeah, that dude. were like literary classics. Those people wrote those things and they hold up to this day and they didn't have fucking BuzzFeed or Wikipedia. They were smart without all that. I almost think, because I noticed that now with uh, lately I've been working a lot on my own and there's a level of entertainment that's just... What do you mean working a lot on your Like own? drawing a lot more. Oh, yeah. Like our shirt. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but there's like an entertainment. Like to me, that's an... Lately, for some reason, I've been like, like oh, I want to go home so I can work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same. It feels similar to wanting to buy stuff. Yeah. Or that there is an entertainment to just doing a thing. Yeah. And I think that's what people used to do more. And then I think you get more out of that as a person where you're spending like more time with yourself and like doing something creative, like drawing. Yeah. Like you're thinking about concepts and like you're learning things about yourself, your limitations, things you need to work on. Right. And then you're letting your imagination and your mind wander while you're doing it as opposed to like reading 13 articles online that give you some information on some stuff that after a while you're just doing it because you're just doing it because you're doing it. Yeah, it is. There's there is a certain. It's like intellectually docile. Yeah. To just be like, hey, I'm gonna open this thing and then just let this the internet shoot its giant internet load all over my face. Right. And I'm just gonna like be basted in it. Yeah. And then hope it calls me the next day, <laughs> <laughs> which it never does. It won't. I gotta go back to it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I but yeah, I can't pick um a second one. No, I have two oh. more, but I, don't, I think, you know what I want to see? And I don't really know. There's multiple places you can go to see this. I want to see the Northern Lights. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Because that's one of the weirder natural things that Aurora, happens. Aurora Borealis. The Aurora Borealis. When you say that, it's even more mysterious. You're like, what is it? Yeah. But it's really, it's just to, I like half understand why it happens. It's like some... Hot air and cold air and gas and some shit happens in the sky. Right. And it's weird as fuck. It's one of those things we take for granted. Like, yeah, that's why it happens. You're like, that's cool that you keep saying that's why it happens. I still don't get it. Yeah. You know, it's the same with like, no, the moon causes the tides. You're like, that's cool. We know that. It's still fucking weird as hell. Yeah. So that to me is one of the weirder natural things you can see on Earth. Yeah. And it's like not that far. I think you can go to Michigan or something. Wait, or really? I think there are places. I thought it was a like northern Canada was the closest on this continent. It's yeah, but it's that again. That's not. I think you no, can, it's not the furthest. I obviously. think you can see them. I'm probably wrong, but I think there are places in America you can see them. Really? Yeah, I'd want to feel go like right that's some Montana shit. Maybe. In my head, I'm seeing like the commercial for Montana, and there's some Northern Lights part of it. Yeah, I'm sure they're way brighter. In places in Canada and stuff. Yeah, I want to go to like Greenland or some yeah. shit where it's like it's all around you. We were like, this is like Oculus Rift. Yeah, you, you know, can't like get away from it. You're like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ruining all your photos. Right. Um, but yeah, that seems like something to see. Sure, yeah. That's like incredibly weird. Remember that Simpsons episode? Nope. What, you do not watch a lot of The Simpsons? Barely any. Oh, God. It's one of the... Every time I think of the Northern Lights... 
or Aurora Borealis, either one, either name, sorry, it reminds me of that episode where the principal Skinner was trying to impress Superintendent Chalmers, and they have like this relationship where he's always yelling and screaming at him. Right. So he invites him over for lunch, and he's making food, and he's like fucking it up, and he keeps lying to him, and he's like, uh, he's like, what are you making? He's like, uh, steamed clams, and that turns into steamed hams, because he's like making burgers or something, and then he goes... Uh, he's like, but there's grill marks on here. And he's like, well, yeah. And then he gets coming up with more excuses. And then he starts to fire in the kitchen. And he goes, uh, Skinner, what was that noise? Or what was that light? Or what was that sound? All, all that stuff. He's like, um, Aurora Borealis. He's like, <laughs> the Northern Lights. Centered entirely in your living room in the middle of July. And then Skinner goes, yes. And then Chalmers goes, well, can I see it? <laughs> and he goes, no, you can't. <laughs> Every time I hear Northern Lights, it reminds me of that. The Simpsons is good. God, it was such a funny fucking scene. <laughs> My favorite Simpsons line is someone's talking to Homer, and it's like, it's in the garage. And Homer goes, ooh, garage, you speak French. <laughs> he goes, what do you call your garage? Car hole. Car hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the best yeah, shows Yeah, but I think the Northern Lights are, it's pretty weird that just yeah. at a time of year, the sky goes like wacky rainbow smush. Just right. because, and you can kind of sit there and stare at it. Yeah. Seems pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, Im- I mean, what else is there like that, that happens regularly? I mean, you could say like, oh, a comet, but that's very irregular. Same with like lunar and solar eclipses that are actually a thing. Blood moon was pretty cool. Yeah. It was far away, but it was cool. Right. Um, but yeah, that's like a thing that's consistent. You can go check it out. Yeah, I, that's always been a thing I've wanted to see. There's so much of that shit on this earth, and people are just like, meh. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking nuts, man. I mean, what do you think is the closest thing to L.A. that we take for granted heavily? Just the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. I would say, like, the the PCH, uh, like Malibu and all that up to Santa Barbara. Right. And all, that, that coastline is a thing that people dream of seeing. Yeah. It is. Because a lot of people don't have access to A, beaches, and B, they go, I want to go to the beaches of California. Like, that's iconic imagery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those photos of PCH winding its way through Malibu is like something people go like, wow, that would be beautiful. And it is beautiful, but you just, you take it for granted. Yeah, Big Sur is a home run. Yeah, yeah. PCH even, yeah, all the way up there. Yeah. Is, it's, it's one of the most beautiful stretches of highway or coastline in the world. Right. And people just go like, yeah, I'll go to it one day. It's an hour. It's yeah, just a lot of traffic. You'd think you know? that's a thing everyone who lives in California would do every year. Yeah. Just because it's there. Yeah, all you have to do is get up early and get in your car. Yeah. There's no buying plane tickets or yeah. like any of that. I mean, you can go as far as you need before you have to turn around and make it a day trip. You can, if you can afford it, Drive all the way to Big Sur, Monterey, stay overnight, come back the next morning. Like, right. there's so many possibilities, and people just go like, "Yeah, I got other shit." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quaint as fuck. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've done that. I've done that drive a bunch. Every once in a while, either on the way back from a gig in the Bay Area or two, I'll go. I'm doing the 101 PCH this time. Yeah, just to break it up or it's beautiful out and i'll go i want to just fucking see all that riding through all that on that aids life cycle ride was one of the greatest things ever was it hard 
to ride and look at stuff and not like fall. No, not at all. <laughs> Where you're like, because you're going kind of fast at some points. At some points, yeah. But you're uh, a lot of the road is just these long, straight stretches. Okay. Where you're just you forget you're pedaling and right. you're just like looking around, like oh, this beautiful farmland or mountains or yeah. or coastlines. One of the best images I still have in my mind. Not that it was that many years ago, but was when you get to the halfway point of the of the whole ride. Um, you're at the top of a mountain, right? And there's this whole like area there with there's people holding up a sign. You take pictures, blah, blah, blah. And then you descend down the mountain on, on like just one road that kind of winds a little, but not too much. And you're going about 35, maybe 40 miles an hour. That's fast on a bike. But yeah. For like 20 straight minutes. Oh, wow. Can you imagine just being like, it, it just is. Because you that climb up just takes so long, and you're already like three or four days in, and you're just like, oh god, oh god, and then you you're going down, and you're just like, that's always the sweet release of like yeah. this long climb. It's just that like bomb down a mountain, and you're just like, oh, and you're going for so long, you just like, you kind of think you're in like a convertible for a while. You're just like, yeah, and then at the end of that descent down a mountain, you make this turn through like the, it, it kind of it looks like you're in a valley, right? And you're you're making this one last turn, and the right after you complete the turn and the mountain disappears it's just the pacific ocean oh wow and you're just like holy shit what a reward for like that climb up that mountain and hitting the halfway point and you come down and you it's it's almost breathtaking you're yeah. just like i can't believe i'm looking at this outside i'm not in a car there's no music there's no sound of an engine it's just dead quiet and it's you mountains ocean open road it's amazing. Bet you wished you were naked. I would have felt probably even better. Yep. <laughs> I was just thinking about how pr- how good your butt probably feels when you first start down and you have to and you get to stop pedaling. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, oh yeah. my butt. Yeah, and you can like sit up a little and yeah, like, give you your notice ass a rest. it in your butt first. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my second place, and I've wanted to go ever since I was a little kid. I've read so much about it. I've li- like looked at a million pictures. I've read either historical information, just factual bullshit, or even like weird conspiracy alternate uh, theories on how they were there. The Great Pyramids of Giza. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They're so weird. Right. They're so cool. Yeah. They've been there for fucking ever. Yeah. It's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. How the fuck they built them. Mm-hmm. Still a mystery. Yep. They're uh, Ben Carson solved that mystery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're fascinating. They're fascinating to me. And I just hope they're there forever. Or I hope I get to see them before fucking God knows what they're going to do. They, you know, that shit would be pretty gnarly. Pyramids, you know, like yeah. that stuff. You're like, what in the hell yeah. were people doing back then? I wonder how long. I know they have a relative gauge on how long they took. But like, how long did they really take? Yeah, and like, how the fuck did they go? Like, oh well, it was you know humans, and they did that. Yeah, but how, I mean, it would be hard to do those now, and we yeah. have like all this modern machinery. Like, how do they move those giant fucking? The damn Luxor took a year in Vegas, right? Yeah, and they had like you know cranes and mm-hmm. like tractors and not tractors, but like you know whatever. We're probably like move all the you yeah, know for sure tractors. Um, how did they do it? And it's like the, some of the stones that they're like. Also, how did they design it to where once they did it, it didn't just fucking collapse? Yeah. Like not only did they do it, but they got it right enough to where it's still there. 
Yeah. And you can like, it's not like it's just a pyramid with nothing inside. You can walk in the motherfucker. Yeah. And there's like chambers and people were in there and stuff. That's to me the craziest part that it stayed there. I mean, the only thing that fucked with it, like, you know, World War Two, they were shooting at him or whatever. But like that shit is still there. Yeah. If the if if Nazis hadn't shot off the Sphinx's nose, that shit would still be there. I know. I get so fucking mad when people do that to like ancient ancient pieces. Those of statues that ISIS destroys. That's some fucking that's some real drives me. Those crazy. things were thousands of years old. I know, and they're just like goodbye. They were the size of towns, and you're like, guys, it makes me insane when people do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're, I mean, they represent, you know, because there aren't really many things much older or that at least are intact, you know? Yeah. But when you look at them, they represent all of human civilization. Yeah. And like the things that it's capable of, you know? Birth of technology. Yeah. One of the early, one of the early like marking things that is the, is the, the birth of humans developing technology and like being like, no, let's invent shit. Yeah, there were like, I mean, there were other like buildings and pyramids kind of around the same time in like other parts of the world and stuff. But like these ones, you know, got famous <laughs> and like they're and, you know, a lot has has happened in that part of the world, you know, as far as like the birth of civilization goes, right. you know, like further into the, the Middle East, you know, is where literally civilization started. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, every time I see him, I go, I just want to like look at those with the naked eye instead of just a photo or on TV. And like, I don't know if you can go in them or some of them or if there's guided tours or whatever, but I think there still is for a while. I think there wasn't. And now it's gotten back. Right. But yeah, I I mean, I want to see what like ancient humans like were able to build with their own hands and like. You know, who knows what feeling that's going to give you. Like, when you look at modern-day architecture now, some of it's really impressive, and you go, wow, that's beautiful. But to look at, like, an old pyramid that, like, fucking a pharaoh had a bunch of slaves build, or whatever the story was, you can't even understand it. Yeah. Because I can barely understand how buildings now are built. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think it would just be, like, a good feeling, you know? Yeah, I think see there's uh, there's no way you'd be disappointed having seen the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, the yeah. Is that, that two for two for each of us? Two for each of us. Oh, we did. We did it. We did it. Um Yeah, man. I that's something and that's one of those things like you always like I need to travel more, but like you know, traveling's not free, obviously. It's um, the kind of thing you need to make a concerted effort to plan. Like, you're like, my goal in the next five years is to save up the ne- enough money to go to Egypt. Right. Because you can't, a, unless you get a hot job where you make a ton quick, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that will take a minute. I have a friend who lives in New York, which is not a cheap place to live, and she has a job that is good, but she like has built her life around like being able to travel as much as she can like on weekends she'll take like little trips to like mexico city london seattle nashville like every you know couple of months or something like that she'll just take these small trips and she she's learned how to like get cheap flights she's learned how like where to stay in like cool cheap places and it's just to see and experience these places like and it's it's admirable that she like is able to 
do that, you know, and like yeah. make that like a, a, not a goal in life, but a part of her life in the mm-hmm. same way, you know, people are like, I need to go watch every movie that comes out. She'll be like, I'm going to go to Mexico City because I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. And I want to see it. Uh, she does that a lot. She's been to like all these cool different little parts of the world because she just like makes that um, an important part of her life and therefore like looks at the money she has and goes, that's going to go into this fund, not the I'm going to get a dress or a new pair of heels right. or whatever. She's going to live a more simple life and like experience the world as a whole, which is like fucking awesome. Yeah. But you do have to organize it that way. Otherwise, you never do it. Yeah, because it's very easy to be like that seems so distant and so difficult and complex. I'm just going to buy a new TV instead. Yeah. And then that's immediate, simple, and you feel good. And by the time that feeling wears off, you've kind of forgotten about traveling until it comes up again. And then it's the easiest thing to put off. Totally. Yeah. 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 Actually, the gym's pretty easy to put off. <laughs> Easier than travel. <laughs> right. I've traveled more in the last uh, six months than I've gone to the gym. So once? Yep. Damn. Uh, I don't even remember anymore, but not at all. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Wow. Whatever. Oh, well, you're going to die young and then not get to travel. Yep. <laughs> Bye, Northern Lights. Um, yeah. See you on my way to heaven. <laughs> See you on the Nature Series <laughs> on HD Netflix. All right. That's it, you guys. Um, you know the drill. If you've traveled somewhere cool, um, if you've been to any of the things we want to go see, uh let us know gloat <laughs> yeah gloat or let us know what we c- maybe have said wrong or have thought wrong about like oh this isn't like that it's actually like this or advice on what to do when we get there we always appreciate that uh twitter instagram contact at nickyusef.com all that fun stuff we will see you next week